The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This is Being Bumo, a podcast for the modern parent that wants to be the best version of themselves while being the best parents they can be for their kids. We'll be spotlighting parents and experts who are not only inspiring, but also willing to share with us how it really is. Because as we all know, parenting can be equally as rewarding as it is challenging. We're here to make your life easier, a little less stressful, and help you navigate through this complex thing called parenting. Welcome back, Bumos. Today, you guys are in for a real big treat. We have Haley Hubbard and Jessica Diamond of Living Meaningfully Podcast with me. You guys might know Haley Hubbard from her podcast, her Instagram, and also she's married to Florida Georgia Lines' Tyler Hubbard. She's a mom of three and an amazing creator. She opens up about how she's able to keep her marriage and relationship going even when things get tough. We also talk about something really personal, which is her health scare and also why she got her breast implants removed, which I was actually personally really curious about. What I love most about Haley is that she is an open book and she's willing to share her experiences so candidly to help other mothers. Jessica Diamond is a registered dietitian and we also talk about all things parenting and nutrition that kids need and don't need. The question I had was, do kids actually need to drink milk? With that said, here's our conversation. Hi, Haley. Hi, Jessica. Welcome to Being Bumo. Thanks so much, Chriselle. Thanks for having us. I am so excited to be chatting with you guys. I know that you guys just launched your podcast, correct? We did. We did. Amazing. So we're going to dive a little bit into that, but I have a ton of questions for you guys. Um just because I feel like we're all in this together as moms and we're just like navigating. And I, I know, Haley, I've been following you. So I, I know a little bit about kind of what you're going through. So I'm going to also ask some personal questions. I hope that you don't mind. Not at all. I'm an open book. So fire away. Awesome. Okay. So just to get started, just to break the ice, I just want to know, um, what is the first thing that you guys did today when you woke up? Um, I'll start. Yeah, that's a really good question. I love this. My morning was early. It started at 4.30 this morning. We have three kids and our youngest is, he just turned six months today, but he's our early riser. Like all of our kids are in this great sleep schedule and he's the one that just likes to wake up and just talk for, I don't know, however long. And so it's where my husband and I kind of look at each other like, okay, let's wait 30 minutes. And then are you going to go like give him his passy or am I going to do it? (laughs) So we played that game and today my husband went. But anyways, it was just kind of an early morning and then yeah, got to have a morning with the kiddos. How about you, Jessica? Mine's so simple. I closed my eyes again and I was like, can I just have about five to 10 more minutes of sleep? That was my first moment waking up. I also have a child. I have a toddler, I have a two and a half, almost three-year-old's. And for whatever reason, today was a hard waking up moment. So I just closed my eyes again. Um, how old are your kids, by the way? Uh, you said yours is two and a half. My, I have a two and a half year old. He's almost oh, three. Okay. I have one kid uh-huh. and Haley. And I have three kids. Um, our oldest is three. Her name's Olivia. Our second is one and a half. His name's Luca. And then our third is six months old. His name's Atlas. Oh my goodness. When did you give birth? I feel, I felt like it was just not long ago. <laughs> <laughs> I gave birth in September, 2020. So it was a crazy, it was a crazy year. 
Okay, let me ask you. I hear this all the time, but it's hard for me to believe. I heard that going from one to two is much more dramatic versus going from two to three. Is that actually true? So true. So true for me. Yes. One to two was so hard for me to grasp. And two to three was like, oh, he's just joining the club. Like, come on, like join us. Awesome. Well, that kind of um, makes me want to have a third, but I'm not quite there yet. But everyone tells me that. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, if that's actually true, then maybe I shouldn't be so scared about it. Yeah, I I will say it's just kind of like, especially when you have older kids, right? They just want to help out and it's just fun. The more the merrier. Yeah, well, awesome. So let's dive into it. This episode is specifically about embracing the chaos. We all know that. 2020 and 2021 has been extremely chaotic to say the least. Can you guys both share how has your life changed since the beginning of 2020 to where it is now? Oh, yeah. Who wants to go first? (laughs) I'll I'll let you take this one and then I'll, I'll go. Okay. I think obviously 2020 was hard for everyone. It was one of those years where everyone was like, oh, this is so awful. It's so bad. And I just kept thinking, I'm not going to accept it. I'm not going to accept it. And then finally, I was like, this is undeniable. This year is hard. It's bad. (laughs) And so ours started with an unplanned pregnancy the day that I was supposed to get my implants removed. Jess was the first person I called. I was like, Jess, what do I do? Um, And then it was like minutes before my surgery. And then, you know, canceled tours and concerts. My husband is a country musician and that just changed our life completely because we've never been at home in the summers ever. We've always been in a new city every day. And Mm. so that changed our life. And there were some blessings from that, of course, but it was just different. And then he had a really bad injury three weeks before I gave birth. I gave birth and he got COVID. It it was just like one thing after the next, but literally everyone I feel like had one of those years where it was just so wild where you almost had to laugh. And so I feel like laughter really got us through all of that. We just kept looking at each other like, I'm not even surprised anymore that this is happening. Like this is, it's just comical at this point. But on a more serious note, I feel like prayer was kind of like our daily ritual of like, okay, let's get through this. And just trust in God that like he has got us and and whatever happens, like we got this because he's got it. I, I love that. I mean, faith is a big thing for me too that like kind of pulled us through this past year. So right. wow. I mean, first of all, yes, everyone has gone through chaos, but I feel like your story alone, it kind of gave me anxiety just listening to it. So I mean, we're here now, right? We are here now and we're all healthy and we're alive. And that is literally the most we can ask for at this point. So how about you, Jessica? For sure. 2020 started crazy for us as well. Um, It started with a health scare that in and of itself was overwhelming. And then when COVID hit, it was kind of just like, oh, okay. Like this is just all happening all at once. We thought, you know, the first piece was enough to navigate and now we have this and, you know, at the time, a one and a half year old and how do you get him through? And I really echo what Haley said. I really think there was a certain point where I was just like, the chaos is the chaos. We've got this. You know, we got to pray. We have to believe in ourselves. 
And we have to find the silver linings or the fun times when they come up because it is just kind of an all around just chaos show. You know, I mean, I just feel like I'm shuffling my kid from one room to the next, trying to figure out what to do with him. (laughs) Were you guys all um, homeschooling as well during this time? I'm not to that phase yet. We're just Mm. getting there. Got it. So I kind of, I, I guess I avoided that so far. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, that's actually great because yeah. it's chaos too. <laughs> I can, I cannot imagine parents that had kids older than, than what I had. Like mine was just more, uh, physical exhaustion, like chasing them around, right. but to have to also be a teacher and a parent and work from home for parents, that is, you win a medal, a serious medal. <laughs> I think yeah. all parents at this point are superheroes. The one thing that has been consistent since I've had my second daughter, Colette, is our nighttime routine with Pipette. We've been using their baby oil and baby balm every night. It has become an amazing ritual for our family, but also leaves the girl's skin super soft. When I first became a mom and learned about all the harmful ingredients in some skincare products for kids, it completely surprised me. Did you guys know that the FDA only bans 12 potentially harmful ingredients in skincare products? Whereas Pipette actually bans more than 2,000 ingredients, ensuring products are safe, effective, and use only non-toxic ingredients available. Pipette is a clean baby and mom care brand with a mission to give every family the best start. We all want what's best for our children, and that includes using only the safest products on their delicate little skin. Pipette's products are also EWG verified, vegan, hypoallergenic, sustainable, and pediatrician and dermatologist approved. All of Pipette's products are made with a key ingredient, and that is squalene. It's actually a personal favorite ingredient of mine for my own skincare as well. My absolute favorite product from Pipette, as I mentioned, is their baby oil and baby balm. We've been using it for so long now. I started using these products on Colette when she was first born, and we still continue to use them today. It not only deeply hydrates and calms the skin, but it's also antioxidant rich and helps support baby's skin. And honestly, it's a miracle balm. This balm has helped us get through some of the driest nights, especially here in California, and it deeply moisturizes the girls' skin. We slather it on before bedtime, and they wake up with the softest skin ever. Pipette has quickly become a customer favorite for its ultra-gentle baby lotions, oils, and wash. And right now, you can score 30% off its entire collection of personal care items. Visit pipettebaby.com and get 30% off with code BUMO, B-U-M-O. From the offices of Create and Cultivate, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the host of Work Party, a podcast for ambitious women looking to create and cultivate the career of their dreams. Work Party is paving the way for a new generation of women, women who are redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. Every Wednesday, we bring in leading female powerhouses for real talk and BS-free advice on building your business. You'll hear from female founders, CEOs, entrepreneurs, creatives, and so many other badass ladies. Are you ready to create and cultivate the career of your dreams? Then tune into Work Party, the podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show and never miss an episode. Now, Haley, you quickly mentioned that you found out about your unplanned pregnancy on the day that you're supposed to get your breast implants removed. 
I did not know that. I, I, I heard and read that you did get your breast implants removed, which I do want to go into uh, in a bit. But was that scary for you? Like it was an unplanned pregnancy. All of a sudden you've had these things planned out. Was it frustrating? Was it scary? Like, how were you feeling at that moment? You know, it was finding out I was pregnant at the beginning of 2020 was just kind of alarming we were at the point where we thought we would wait to have our third and just have a little time for us and, mm-hmm. and getting used to having two kids. Cause like we talked about it, it was an adjustment for us. And so it was just a shock. One, I was excited to get my implants out, which we'll go into a little bit later, but two, I was excited to get my life back and my body mm-hmm. back. And just like, you know, when you give birth and you're a new mom. It's like, there's this new normal you have to get used to. And it's like, okay, how do I find myself again? And so I was really looking forward to that. And it was just like, whoosh, a bomb was dropped. (laughs) So that was a lot emotionally. Tyler and I went for a really long walk the day that we found out. And we, it just took us a little time to process it. And then we accepted it. And we were just like, all right, I guess God wants us to just like knock this out. And and here we go. One more year. You know what? Look, if you're going to raise kids, you might as well do it all at once and then have your life back all at once. Right. So, I mean, you have three, is it three under four? Three under, well, it was three under three. Our third just turned three. So now it's under four. Well, yeah. I mean, I could imagine kind of like that initial shock, but then all of a sudden having to mentally shift gears and be like, okay, we're going to do it, right? right? We have no other choice. So I can't right. actually believe when we're talking about this, that this was January, 2020. It feels truly like yesterday, that moment. I oh know. My goodness. It was, it was. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, it, it's so weird because people we're still at home, right? We're still here in the midst of a pandemic. And as long as a year felt, it also felt so fast in a strange way. It was like in a race of a year. It was like the biggest struggle. But then when you think back, it just doesn't feel... If I mean, I felt every moment. However, right. it just it feels like it was in a race of a year. It's the strangest thing. Like people are celebrating second birthdays now. And it's like this full circle moment where you're just like, <laughs> wow, where did the past year go? Totally. And I don't know if it's because we are kind of all doing the same thing day after day after day that everything just seems kind of blurred. And I don't know, because usually with work, it's like I have a hard stop, but then now it's like, there is no hard stop. Everything's kind of blurred together. So yeah, it's weird to think that that was just last year, but let's go into your breast implants because this is something that I'm personally considering. Um, I got my Mm -hmm. breast implants when I was 21. I am 35 now. And so when I heard about your story, I was like, wow, I, I, I have a lot of questions. So let me start off with this. Like, why, why did you decide to get your breast implants removed? Well, um, I, I almost thought I didn't have a choice. I had found out, I was watching the Today Show one day and they were talking about this textured gummy bear implant that people were getting illnesses from. I heard lymphoma. I just heard all these different things. And I was like, oh my gosh, I hope that's not the one I have. And so I called the doctor that put them in. Sure enough, it was the textured gummy bear implant. And so 
it, the silicone implants, there's some that are totally fine. It was the textured ones in particular mm. that people were getting sick from. And I think they don't even put those in people's bodies anymore. Jessica, am I right? Yeah, that's true. Okay. Mm. So I kind of just had to get them out. It was the anxiety for me after that. Like, even if I feel fine now, it's always in the back of my mind. I have to get these out. Yeah. But secondly, the ones that were in my body were just a little too big for my body. Mm. So it was kind of an excuse too to like, okay, let's go down in size. And I had always thought I would just get a smaller implant in lieu of that. And then someone told me about fat transfer. And so that's when I really started thinking about fat transfer. And uh, that's what I ended up doing. They took fat from other areas of my body and put it where my boobs are. And actually, it is pretty amazing. Like that part wasn't painful at all. It was just where, where they removed the fat from that was so painful. That's really, really good to hear because it's something, as I mentioned, that I've been com- contemplating as well. But... Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm the exact. I was, or I guess I am currently in the exact same situation as you were when you're contemplating, um, mm-hmm. just hearing about all these things that are coming out, these studies, and you just like don't want that to linger. And as you mentioned, I got my implants when having big boobs were like sexy and cool, right? I was like right. just super dupe. I wasn't even flat chested. I was like invertedly flat, right? Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> like I. I didn't go for like massive, but I went for a size that was probably a little bit too big for my body. And it's something that I just don't really love anymore. So yeah, I'm inspired by your story and I did not know about the fat transfer. So that is good to know. My, My one question is, does your skin stretch when you take it out? Because I'm actually worried about that because like I was so flat chested before that if I take it out and not get anything replaced, then will my skin look like super, I don't know. Right, right. That was my question too. And my surgeon said, Dr. Sheila Nazarian, she's in LA actually, and I loved her, but she said, I really recommend doing a lift while we're at it, which was also kind of a bonus for me. Like it was such a convenient time anyways, after births to just be like, all right, let's get these implants out, get a lift. And take some of this excess fat from pregnancy and put it right here in my boobs. That's awesome. Okay. I'm going to have to really consider it and think about it now. Yeah. Thanks for being so open about it. I know it's kind of like a a tricky subject. So I don't mind sharing, sharing all because I was in the same boat, like wondering what are my options. And now after posting about it, I realized how many women have implants or are wanting to get implants. And that I just had no idea. Do you guys feel like you view things or certain things differently now after becoming a mother? Like for instance, breast implants, right? For me, like back then when I was 21, I mean, yeah, I was just figuring out how to feel confident. And that was giving me confidence at the time. But now that I look back on it, I'm like, I don't need these. And I would be just as equally as confident as I am today, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just, I'm curious if you guys view certain things differently. Uh, so many things differently. I definitely valued different things then that I do now. Obviously, I, looking back, I probably wouldn't have gotten the implants because now I'm wanting the smaller look. And not only that, it's just like 
I, I value, I didn't value my free time enough. I didn't, I didn't realize like what I had, although I love being a parent and this time it just fills me up. It's mm. also time consuming and I don't have all the free time I had, all the alone time I had and things yeah. just change. They do. Yeah. And I think it puts everything into perspective of what's really important, which I love. And I think it's the thing about kids and being a parent is it really makes us in the present. It brings us into the here and now. And so I love that. But I think that I before you have kids, you just don't you just don't have that perspective. And so yeah, I mean, some things that I really miss prior prior to being a mom is just like long showers or just that alone yeah. time that you were talking about, Haley, because mm-hmm. We always put ourselves, I mean, them before us. Once I became a mom, I had less time to myself and family duties became my new normal. I just used this app called Be Busy to book a housekeeper and it was so easy and convenient. Be Busy was built by a busy mom for busy moms because she knows how valuable our time is. You can book so many services on Be Busy from balloon artists to personal trainers in as little as three clicks. There are even personal chefs on the app if you want a special date night with your loved one. I mean, that sounds amazing. Be Busy has upfront pricing so I don't have to search on the internet or call a bunch of places, which is an absolute time saver. I absolutely love the easy to use platform and being able to book services through an app I trust that has provided my family with amazing service. Using Be Busy allows me to spend worry-free time with my kids. Download Be Busy, B-E-E-B-I-Z-Y on the App Store or Google Play Store and get the service you need. I mean, Jessica, you're, um, you're a nutritionist and mm-hmm. you focus on you know wellness from the inside out. And so are there certain things that you do for yourself as like a busy mom that makes you feel really good, even though if it's like something small that you're always doing every single day or like weekly, is there a ritual that you you turn to? Absolutely. I think the key in that is ritual. I think that we always think like, I'm going to do this, this, and this. And then we just as busy moms and busy life, we just don't get around to doing it. So I think doing small little sustainable things to make yourself feel good. So making sure you're getting regular meals, making sure you're getting the right regular meals, right? Getting enough fruits and vegetables. But like the simplest thing that I think makes Mm. us feel so much better that we don't do enough of, it's going to sound so silly, but drinking enough water and then taking your vitamins, whatever it is, like your postnatal, your prenatal, whatever it may be. And so the ritual that I set is I put out a cup of water at night before I wake up in the morning. Mm. And the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is I drink that one cup. So I know I'm starting my day a little more hydrated before the craziness of kids starts. I love that. I I have to agree with you. I have the worst when it comes to drinking water. I have this guy right next (laughs) to my desk because if I don't have... It has lemon in it because I actually do not like the taste of just plain water. Um, But if I don't have this guy next to me on my desk every day, I will go days without drinking water. So yeah, yeah, it's kind of the prep that you have to do. Yeah, I think we sometimes think about it so complicated. We sometimes think like these lofty goals and really like hydration is one of the most important things just for our body, for like enzymatic reactions and everything that we do. And we just don't do enough of that. And then you do enough of it. And this is my realization, right? It's like, oh, I want better skin if I work out and I have this routine and I like do the face mask, like this elaborate routine. And then you just start drinking water every single day. And you're like, 
oh, my acne is gone. Oh, my skin is glowing again. Like, I wonder what it, it's the water. It's the hydration. It's, it's, it's like literally the simplest things, right? For right. sure. And that's actually one of our tips with kids, which I, which I love is that we always talk about making water. Sometimes some kids just down water and some kids just aren't as interested. And so instead of reaching for soda or reaching for juice or reaching for something else, we say, put some fresh fruit in your water, some lemon, some orange, mm. you know, really anything. How much water should kids be drinking a day? They should get about four ounces with each of their meals. So it's about 12 ounces a day oh, at okay. least. And then how about milk? I mean, um, like kids, like once they're out of the bottle milk, right? Because I'm yeah. having a hard time right now because my kids are both obviously are not on bottles anymore, but I'm like, you need to drink your milk, but I, they don't want to drink their milk. So how old are they? Uh, six and almost three. Okay. So both of them are getting in the stage where they really don't need milk anymore. The thing about milk is that we transition to it after bottles because it's something that has a lot of protein and a lot of fat with kids under three years old for sure need just for brain development. And you can get that from food, but it's so hard. So we turn to milk because it's just kind of this nice safety net. That is so helpful. Yes. So I would definitely say your six-year-old, she doesn't want to drink her milk. That's totally fine. You can give her water and give her a very diet and you do not have to pressure her to get that milk down. I'm so relieved right now. I was stressing out all month about this whole milk situation. I'm so glad that you answered that question for me. <laughs> of course. Um, what's your, since we're on the topic of nutrition, what is kind of like your go-to fast and easy meal for your child? that gives all the nutrition that they need for that meal? Good question. I would say we really vary it up. The one thing that I can say is consistency. So I love making like a one or two week menu. And so you just don't even have to think about what you're giving your kids, you know, next. But I love like bowls, um, doing some quinoa or couscous with some cooked vegetables. You can put in any protein that you want into that. But anything where it's representing the rainbow, the more fruits and vegetables we can get them, the better that they do. And so I would say anything where you're just thinking about your plate, fruit, vegetable, and then some sort of grain protein. What if your child only eats one type of vegetable and one type of fruit? Where do we go from there? I can help you. We can help you. <laughs> you and I need a sidebar conversation. <laughs> I can help you with all the picky eating. I mean... Yes. The short answer is to keep offering it. I know it feels the most frustrating and futile situation, but I think what, what happens is, is that we see the fits that kids raise over food. And so then we naturally just offer the things that we know are a slam dunk and that they will do. And then as a result, we stop offering the others. And then when we do offer the other foods that they don't touch, we put too much pressure on it. And so they're for sure not going to eat it. So I think it's changing kind of the mentality in which you put food down. So you kind of have to let them come around to it themselves. Absolutely. Right? No positive, no negative pressure. Some days our three-year-old will be like, I don't like fish. I'm like, okay, you don't care for it today. And then the next day she will eat like two whole portions of salmon. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you the girl that didn't like fish yesterday. This is fish. <laughs> no, it's salmon. It's not fish. <laughs> That's what my daughter would say. <laughs> exactly. And what we always say is you just play it cool. Like you just have to, you just have to be so neutral about food and not force it at all. You play it as cool as when you were dating someone that you were trying to just play it cool with. That's how you do it. Like anytime you want to say a comment about food, just shut your mouth. You just like think, okay, I'm not going to say a word. I'm going to play it cool. 
And I promise over time with consistency, it works. You know, you're old and a parent when you're trying to play it cool with food. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. No longer with boys or men or, you know, trying to impress someone else. It's with food. (laughs) Right. That's amazing. I love that. You know, it's, it's been chaotic as we talked about earlier, but what is kind of like your guys's go-to remedy, whether it be a ritual or a routine, what, when things get so overwhelming for you guys, is there something that you do? I usually go for a walk or do yoga. I haven't been able to do yoga until like now because of surgery and just having recovered from babies, but yoga or walking. I just go by myself. That's like my best time to just think and just zone out. By yourself is key, I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm, I really uh, get energy from just being by myself. I'm more of an introvert. Mm. And so I've had to remind myself, I'm like such a yes person and I want to say yes to everyone and I want to help everyone. And so I'm always giving my time, just like so many moms, to other people and to my kids And then I get to this breaking point and I'm like, I'm going crazy. What do I need to do? And that's when I'm like, okay, I haven't had alone time. So that's, that's when I kind of check myself, get in another routine again and try and get back on the wagon. I love that. How about you, Jessica? Magical showers. I, (laughs) I really actually tell like all of my clients postpartum or anytime you're going through a difficult time, I think like taking a shower, we like to think of like a shower as like a super self-care where we got to pull out the scrub and the lotion and the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But I say, take a simple shower. When you go in, feel all the feelings you're feeling. So whether you're crying, whatever it is. And by the end of the shower, you're going to tell yourself, okay, I let it go. I've got this. And you get out of your shower and then you move on with your day. And I like it because it's a defined period to really feel kind of like recoup and Mm. then move forward. I love that. And I love that you call it magical because I do showers at the end of the day too. And it's one thing that I I look forward to. Yeah. And I think taking the pressure off, sometimes we don't need to do, we don't need to pull out all the face masks and all of the self-care stuff. We need to just get in a nice warm shower not worry about all the other things, feel the feelings, get out and then relax. Love that. Haley, you talk a lot about, not a lot, but I've seen that you guys have been very open about your sex life and intimacy with your Mm -hmm. partner, which I found really refreshing because I feel like not many people, especially public figures are comfortable talking about that. Why was it so important for you guys to talk about that, especially like being public figures? That's a good question. And Tyler and I laughed about it when we saw all the articles come out. It was like, you know, they caught that part of the podcast and and they ran with it. And it is so important to us. And I think so many of my friends that saw the article thought, oh my gosh, they must have this great sex life. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want anyone to think that we have this perfect sex life. But I think just like anything it takes work, just like marriage, just like parenting, it takes work and and constantly like evolving whatever system you have. And so it's just kind of something that at the beginning of our marriage, we said, look, this is important to us. This is important to me to, to maintain a healthy relationship because it is such a big component of connecting. And, uh, you know, everyone has their different ways of connecting, but I think that's, it's important. And so it's one thing that we try and make time for. Of course, we came out of this crazy season of injuries and surgeries and births and 
our sex life looked a lot different and we kind of had to laugh through that and very communicate a lot through that and just be very open with each other. Yeah. Like, okay, this is a season and, and we're going to accept it and we're going to do what we can do to get through it. But like, it's just a small part of our life. And so now that we're just kind of getting back into the swing of things, if you will, I feel like we're trying to be intentional about it and, you know, say a few times a week, let's, let's make time however many times a week to do that. And it doesn't have to be like a scheduled thing, but, but just knowing like, okay, let's, let's make sure we just aim for this. That's great. And I think like having that intention and knowing that you guys are both working towards that, even in our marriage as well, it's, it's important because we've, we've also gone through phases where we just weren't at all. And it does make mm-hmm. a difference. There's obviously like, if, especially if you're not communicating that with your partner, you're always kind of in your head about it. Like, I wonder, I wonder if he's thinking about this or I wonder what she's thinking. Is she going to reject right, me? Right. Am I going to get rejected? So just having that open communication, being intentional about it. And after, um, Haley, how, how long have you been married for? For almost six years. Six years. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's important, right? Because right. it can get stale naturally, right? Totally. <laughs> Especially when you have kids, like, okay, you have one kid, you're like, okay, like we can keep this going. And then you have two and it's like, whoa, I'm really tired. Like, I don't think I have time for this right now. <laughs> and so the exhaustion sets in and like, sometimes we both get in bed and we look at each other. Like, I know we could, but like, I'm so tired. And yeah. so we have those moments and we, we either laugh about it and say, let's just cuddle or whatever. Or sometimes we're like, no, we have to do this right now. (laughs) I love that. You know, it, when it comes to relationships and just making a successful partnership work, what has worked for you guys? You know, there's seasons. It's not always easy, right? Especially after kids. Um, What is one thing that you guys have kind of come out of whether it be the pandemic or being married for X amount of years. Um, just, I'm not sure what your situation is. I always want to be sensitive if um, someone's a single parent or not. Um, but like, do you guys have any tips on, you know, making a partnership work successfully? Yeah, I think for us making time for each other and like we were just talking about being intentional, um, making time for carving out time for just parent time and just to reconnect and, and get back to the basics of like why you fell in love in the first place. Even if it's going to have a staycation down the road at a hotel or having the grandparents take the kids for a night or two. And yeah, and I would say the second thing would be for us making time to work on the marriage, like therapy. Once a year, we go to this place called Onsite, mm. which is actually in Tennessee. They have one in California now. But wow. it's a place uh, for all different kinds of therapy and they have like a personal intensive and a couples intensive, but it's kind of where we go. We try and go once a year. Sometimes it's once every couple of years, but therapy is one of our main, main things that we try and make a regular. And is it like a, a, a retreat type of situation? It, it is kind of like a retreat, but it's like a five day intensive therapy. That's so cool. So only five days then? Uh, they have different they have different programs, but they do a lot of experiential therapy, which mm. helps you like really truly 
learn everything. Jess, you may be able to speak more to this, but I think it's when you're actually doing it, you're like thinking it, saying it, doing it. And all of those three things combined just really help you like change behaviors and and learn how to work through things. And you feel like it's really helped? It has helped us so much. Okay. I'm going to have to look into this because it sounds really exciting for my marriage right now. (laughs) (laughs) It is a magical place. It has transformed our relationship. Even when we're like, oh, I feel great. Like we don't even need to work on anything. We always say like, let's go to prehab so we don't go to rehab and just Mm. things. Even if you feel like, oh, we don't even have to work on anything right now. Like we just want to get ahead of it. I love that. I mean, I, I always say you're either about to go through something, you're either going through something or you're just coming out of something. So, you know, prehab sounds, you know, awesome. Life is messy, right? Like, and I am married and, and my husband and I, you know, have done therapy. We've, we've, I think the, the biggest thing is, is carving out that intentional time, you know, having a date night at home. Like we've had different circumstances over the past year. So we've been home like so, so, so much. And just even having a date night, if it's something that even it's the same cooked meal that you've always done and you just sit and put your phone away, being intentional. And I really love the prehab before rehab. I used to say that in that therapy's marriage insurance until Haley and Tyler told me that phrase. And I think that phrase is fantastic because there is always work to be done. And I think it's more important almost to do that work before it bubbles up to the point where you're in crisis mode. I think most people wait until... Because they view therapy as, oh, once we do have issues or once they do come up and surface, that's when we go. And I actually have a therapist myself And she always says, most couples, when they come in here, majority of the time, it's already too late. And so Mm -hmm. you have to get to it before it gets to you. So I 1000% have to agree with that. Do you guys have any tips on rekindling the flame for a lot of parents that are listening to this because they're just so burnt out, you know, um, whether it be for their partner or even like just being excited to be a parent? I mean, I know that sounds so kind of negative, but I feel like a lot of parents coming out of 2020, going into 2021, there's so much burden and so much weight that they're carrying and a lot of them feel burnt out. So is there is there any tips that you guys have or things that you do that help you feel re-inspired, whether it be for yourself or with your partner? That's such a good question. I think something that really helps is designating. I think we're on all the time, right? As a parent, you're on you're on all the time, but also just in this in this world right now, there's work blends with personal life, which blends with friends, with blends with parenting, and it's all just one big jumble. Mm-hmm. And I think designating one day a week where you put everything away and you just say we're going to have a family day if we can do that and just turn everything off I think is really really helpful and even if you can only do that once a month I think it's so reinvigorating to just have an entire day where there's just not technology going your emails you're not pulled in any other direction you're just focusing on you or you and your family or whatever that may be and I think it's harder than ever and I think we have to plan that in right now to make it happen I always tell people if you can't for whatever reason, physically turn off your phone, then put it on airplane mode, at least like when you're having your family time, because then you won't get interrupted. For me, like I always just turn my phone over because when I see it light up, it just triggers something like, oh, and it like takes me out of the present moment. So yeah, I love that. I love that too. How about for you, Haley? Is this for couples or families? Um, Either or. I mean, 
whether it be something that you and your partner do to like rekindle the flame or for yourself at personally? Something that we do that I think is really fun and it makes us laugh and I feel like it does kind of rekindle the relationship is whenever we're traveling, we just go to a drugstore and go to like where they have all the condoms and everything. And we're like, okay, let's just pick out something and figure out how to use it. It just kind of mixes things up. And Goop also has some really fun things to mix up a relationship. But I feel like that's kind of what we do every once in a while. Wait, I actually love that because it actually makes you feel like a kid again. You're both curious about something and it feels a little silly and inappropriate right. and you know kind of switching up the the mundane daily routine yeah I'm gonna try that do it yeah it's a fun like activity to go do yeah <laughs> I'm excited about it actually good okay I'm glad I said it I'm glad that you said it as well if there is one parenting hack or if you guys have one it doesn't even have to be a hack it could be something that like really helps you out every single day like for instance I'll give you an example just to get started my daughter does not like wearing pajamas she always wants to wear clothes to sleep and I used to Mm -hmm. fight her like no you have to wear pajamas you have to wear pajamas but then one day I decided no I'm just gonna let her wear whatever she wants of course it's not like jeans or anything nothing like uncomfortable they're still like stretchy pants and shirts and I just let her sleep in uh, new clothes. And the next morning, it literally saved me about 20 minutes of my morning routine. And I was like, this is actually genius. Like, I don't need to fight with her in the morning what she's going to wear. I have 20 minutes extra to myself so I could get ready. Do you know how many parents put their kids in their clothes for school the next day, the night before? Because exactly how you experienced it was just like, wow, that's so fantastic. <laughs> Just yeah. taking so these time. notes. <laughs> I mean, I honestly felt like kind of guilty for doing it and embarrassed because I wasn't sure if I was the only one. But the more people I talk to, they're like, oh, yeah, we do that too. So, oh, yes, it's a great hack. Yeah. Do you guys have any hacks that you guys uh, do or use? Yes, I'll take one. My favorite parenting hack is one on one time with your kid for a short period of time. So, most things in parenting, we play it cool. Like we were talking about before, you don't make it a big deal. This is the one time of day that you make a really big deal. My kid's name is Bryce. So we call it Bryce mommy time. It's 10 to 15 minutes. Your phone is away and you play on their level, whatever they want to play with. And it is the best parenting hack because it actually... That's the, that's the amount of time that they need of you of one-on-one undivided attention. And it makes their behavior better. They feel loved. It fills up their love tank. It is magical. Like if you do that every day in a week, you're just going to just be shocked at how much better your kids are doing behavior-wise. I love that because now that we're all at home with our kids working from home, I think a lot of parents get frustrated, including myself. They always want our attention. They're like, mommy, mommy, come play with me. And I'm just like, I don't have time. Like I'm working. Now that you break it down, like it only needs to be 10 to 15 minutes, like a dedicated time. And sometimes that's all they need. It's really all they need, yeah. That is actually a really great tip. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Of course. I love that tip. How about you, I guess my parenting hack would be, you know, we're in the phase of they're all little. And so Olivia and Luca are my two that are kind of in that they want to negotiate with everything. And so what we do is we give them two choices to choose from so that the choice becomes theirs to make. And so they feel this sense of ownership over them getting to make their own choice. I'm sure you guys both do this too, but it is like the thing that just works 
every time in our household, whether it's pajama time or, you know, we're getting ready, trying to get out the door. And it's like, well, these are your two options. And it it just simplifies it for them. It gives them that clarity and boundary, which I think helps them. And it also helps me because it doesn't turn into this whole 30 minute battle. Yeah. I I love that. And I use that quite like often myself. <laughs> Does it still work as they get older? Not not for the six-year-old, but I do have to say for the six my six-year-old Chloe. And um, Jessica, I feel very embarrassed saying this because you are uh, a professional nutritionist and I know I'm not supposed to count their bites, but I still do. I can't help it. But for instance, my youngest daughter, she's a great eater and never have to fight her. But my oldest daughter, she just, she is the pickiest eater. She will never finish her meal. But she, if I tell her a tangible number, right, just give me three more bites and she'll be like, oh, okay, I could do three bites, right? So I give her the choice of, do you want to do 10 bites or five bites? And she'll be like, five, because <laughs> it's always a lesser number. It's better so than it's one bite. Of, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like you, Haley, giving them that option, the choice, and they feel like they're owning up to it. Again, right. still trying to not use a whole you know, counting the bites thing, but it's worked for me and my daughter. You never, you never have to be embarrassed. I mean, this is the stuff, this is the stuff that every parent does. Like we get desperate, right? We we want our kids to be, you know, healthy eaters. And so we do these different things, but yes, we will do a whole thing on picky eating. I think that would be so fun. Yeah, absolutely. We have to. Last question before ending it. What is a product that you guys both cannot live without? It could be anything. It could be parenting related. It could be beauty related, anything. Mm, parenting related are, are those silicone bibs and then the like smock looking bibs. That helps our toddlers with eating. Mm, oh, you when totally, they're like yeah. covered up. So Yeah, it looks like they're almost going to go to art class. They put on like this full sleeved smock and then mm-hmm. we double up bibs because our kids make a mess and we were they were getting covered in avocados. And so we just put them in the smock bib and then they, we put the little scoop silicone bib where it catches everything. Those are, I guess that's two, but you, I love you, you took mine. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I like it. But I have, an, I have another one. But the double bib is like the genius move. You know, messy, feeding should be messy. And so it's the best way to just help contain that mess. I've actually never done a double bib. Now I'm like, oh, you've got a double it. bib. You've got to. It's just so nice. When you so go for smart. that third, when you have that third kid. Exactly. <laughs> We're not there yet. But yes, when I, if and when I do have my third. <laughs> Um, a product, a product, something I can't live without. I would say, um, I'm going to do a parenting because I think let's just stay on that. The comfort silky security blanket, like a lovey. Mm. It's something that I love that brand because it was created by someone that specializes in attachment. And it um, it has one side, it kind of just gives that comfort that they need. And so I love knowing that Bryce has that attachment object that he, we keep it in the crib. You know, we've got a hard set rule of that, but I love that when he's having a hard time, he has something that he can go comfort himself with. So I love his security blanket. I love the lovey. Yeah. I have to agree with you. What is your favorite being Bumo moment? Being Bumo literally translates being a parent uh, in Korean. I'm Korean. That's why it is called Bumo. So do you guys have a favorite Bumo moment since you became mothers? I absolutely do. 
I think it's the moments, there's so much chaos, right? And there's just so many tantrums and toddler moments and things that come up and parenting is really hard day to day. And my favorite moment are those those little moments when Bryce will just look at me and say, mommy, I love you. Or thank you, mommy. And it's just these, those small moments where it just puts everything like, okay, all this work that I'm doing (laughs) is so worth it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. Ditto to you, Jess, but also just watching them become their own little person, especially like now watching each one of our kids become their own person and they're so different and just seeing their little personalities come through is really sweet and special. It's the best. It's really just so magical. Mm -hmm. So can you guys tell us about your podcast and uh, where people can find you? Um, Yeah. Haley and and I started Meaningful Living, uh, probably very similar why you started Bumo Parent. Um, Parenting is hard. And I feel like right now we have more information. We're just flooded with information and it's more overwhelming. It's harder for us to find those credible resources that we need to make the choices that make us feel confident in parenting. So really we started Meaningful Living, which is a podcast and we're launching our website and courses and stuff like that down the road in a couple of weeks. But really we want to help every parent feel confident in the choices they make. We want to break everything down just to Cliff Notes version and make it simple and empower parents. I love that. And you guys, you mentioned courses. So are these like professional courses that you can learn about certain subjects? It'll be courses about nutrition. So how to feed your baby Ah. solids, how to combat picky eating. So Chriselle, we'll have to have you. We'll have to do it. We'll help you. I'll be the first one to sign up. I promise you. (laughs) (laughs) Haley, what did I miss? What do you want to add? Gosh, nothing. Well, our Instagram, um, you can find us on Instagram at Meaningful Living and with two L's for Meaningful. And then our website will be up soon, probably in a couple of weeks, MeaningfulLiving.com. Awesome. And I am going to be jumping on their podcast. Actually, by the time that you guys are hearing this, we've already recorded it. So you guys are going to have to check out their podcast as well and our episode there. Awesome. Thank Thank you. you ladies so much for joining me and I will talk to you guys soon. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Chriselle. Bye. Bye. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. If you liked it, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe. It really is the best way to support the show. Also, if you want to see more of us, head over to our Instagram and follow us there at Bumo Parent. And to learn more about Bumo Brain Virtual School, follow us at Bumo Brain or head over to BumoBrain.com. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll see you guys next week.